Moses like Joseph is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land of about to give to them to the Israelites. I will do every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert in the south, from Lebanon in the north, and from the great river, the Euphrates in the east, all the Gentile country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you in all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will also be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give to them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, but you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now, Joshua, I want to talk to you about Joshua in just a moment. Because uh, Joshua was not as young as I don't know exactly how old he was, but he was somewhere in his, at least, you know, the youngest he could have been, he would have been somewhere in his 60s. He could have been pushing 80. So, for all of you who are my age or older, who think I'm talking to young people, you're breathing. You still have a mission. You know, God still has a mission for your life. And it doesn't matter how young you are. If you're breathing, God's got a plan and an assignment. Joshua. Joshua's assignment, by the way, was to start a military conquest. Somewhere in his 60s, 70s, or maybe early 80s. No one will be able to stand up against you, old man. Okay, I'll put in the old man by 15, this is okay. Focus your attention with me on those on three verses, verses three, four, and five. Um, it starts with, in verses three, in verse three, it starts with a mission for all the people. It, it is an opportunity that God is giving them. He says, I will give you all. I will give you all in there because in English, we, we have this problem. We can't tell if you is one person or a thousand people or even a million people. We, we, you and you. Or you and you and you. 
There's only so much any one group of people can do. If you try to do everything, you will do nothing. Remember that old proverb? I think somebody told me that I don't know. You should say it or somebody else. But everybody thought somebody was going to do it, but nobody did. It's so dissimilar to that. It's all Moses' fault. 
your vision involves and includes boundaries and opportunities that are different from what you've been having in experience. And then there's one more obstacle that carries Christians and churches, individually collectively, for discovering God's mission vision for them. And the third obstacle is the discouragement and despair mentality. Now, Joshua had dealt with this 40 years before. This is a whole new generation of people that he was working with. If you've ever been the oldest man in the room, oldest woman in the room, I, by the way, I was in a seminar yesterday. And for the I mean, you see everybody involved in it. And everybody else was a millennial. Young enough to be my kid. And the speaker goes, well, it's really amazing that most of us are millennials because, well, my generation likes this. And I want to go, yeah, but I'm a late bloomer. Four years before the people of Israel had gotten to the same place with Moses and Aaron and Joshua and his best friend Caleb. And then the herder was set up from Caleb. There were 12 spies in there. Joshua and Caleb were two of them. They're going, God is with us. This place is ours. And everybody else in the other spies are going, This place is ours. The people are huge and they're separate. Forty years before, fear and anxiety and motivated an entire generation outside of Joshua and Caleb. And Moses and intervened, that was the entire generation, the entire population refused to receive what the Lord promised. Let's go back to Egypt. It will be better for us to die out here in the desert than to go in there and get stepped on. You know, the scariest thing is that sometimes God gives us what we ask for. Because his response was, okay, you can die in the wilderness, but you're not going in there. Your kids will. Your grandkids will. But you won't. Here they shackled by the pessimism of Caleb. They chose disobedience based on discouragement and despair. Fear can demoralize churches. It can discourage readers from taking steps of faith. Feelings of anxiety to distort the level of conflict in the church. It can make things look way worse than they are. It can lead to a path of ineffectiveness and eventually decline. Well, I'll be thinking this way. Every church that closes its doors can trace this decision back to a failure to act courageously. As a person who's grown up in a church and seen a lot of stuff, I'm going to tell you, I have never seen a better explanation of what happens to churches that end up closing or continue meeting until the last person drops dead and rejected. 
two things are going on inside my head simultaneously. And you talk the fear out of my mind that I didn't even realize was there until it was gone. This fear filled thought that has tormented me for years was erased from my mind. Now, I remember the thought. I remember the concept that was there. I remember how it looked to me. I can look back and see how essential decisions I made. As an individual and as a pastor, I can see that. I'm not blind to those things. I remember that that amazing thing that changed me. I don't remember what it felt like. Not that I particularly want to. But I don't. The spirit set me free. In the words of the song we sing, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. You see, you're missing the first boundaries and opportunities, and it comes with a promise of a loving relationship with God who will always walk with you. Who will never leave you or forsake you. Both individually and collectively, but we can increase this by creating a fear making envision as we listen to the Holy Spirit, knowing where God is taking us and what He wants us to do to expand His kingdom, motivate us to move on. person in this room. I'm going to ask you to begin praying for the church board, members of the church board, the next level team, and we're seeking to discover God's mission vision for our congregation. We want His borders and His opportunities. Both of which I think are a far bigger and far wider than anything we can imagine. Okay, 
this is what God wants us to do. This is where God is leading us. All of us should be praying about that. What about you? Come on, you as individuals. I want to encourage you to begin praying and asking the Holy Spirit to help you uncover the mission and vision He has for you. So give in to the idea that somebody else can choose to tell you. Start asking and praying. I want to pray for you right now. King Jesus, show us with your compassion, show your love for us through us to the sick, the hungry, the harassed. Our minds on fulfilling the task you gave us until your mission mindset molds our attitudes and actions. Break the chains of fear and discouragement that bind our souls. Set us free in the transforming power of your life. Holy Spirit, we don't want to be graded by our ideas, our visions, our dreams, or our sense of to discover the mission, vision you have for us as individuals and as a church. And so are there our plans, our desires, and dreams? It's our dreams that you alone can satisfy our deepest life. Above all, above all this talk of missions and visions and accomplishments and change and growth, above all of that, beyond all of that, we want the light in our relationship with Jesus. We don't want to take it for granted. We don't want to. Your will.